0: This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. I want to minister this this morning, take a few moments and talk about. I'm calling it prime time, but it's really engaging spiritual fathers and, and mothers. And I was reminded of a 1992 Olympic team called the Dream Team. Anybody remember that basketball team? And the Soviet Union had uh, beat us in the Olympics. We were actually robbed during that one. (laughs) Several bad calls. But anyway, um, they were using professional basketball players. And they, they had made up a job for them, but their job was really to go to the gym and practice basketball. And they, they took a, a vote and they finally, they were able to overturn this, where it didn't have to just be amateurs, but they could have professionals. And of course, Soviet Union voted against it, but uh, the United States got it, so the, then NBA or professional ball players could go and take part in the Olympics so we had like michael jordan um, magic johnson uh, larry bird charles barkley if you're a basketball fan these are big names big name players and scotty pippen uh all these players that uh it really was a dream team all of them are i think there was 11 um hall of famers on this team we're talking about a, a team that is just uh, full of talent. And, uh, um, and another person was John Stockton, Carl Malone, Patrick Ewing. So anyway, they do this scrimmage, and they're playing a college team of uh, the best of the college people. Bobby Hurley was one of them, Penny Hardaway, Chris Webber. If you're a basketball fan, you know who I'm talking about. So, they do the scrimmage, and the college team beat the dream team by eight points. Now, later on, Chuck Daly, who was the coach of the Detroit Pistons, uh, there was a rumor, and it was after he passed away, someone said it, it was true, that he threw the game. He did some weird substitutions, and... But there was also this part of them that no one wanted to take uh, ownership. There was just, uh, they didn't play like a team. It was just all for one. There was no unity. And they got beat. And and Chuck Daly was happy that they got beat. Because he could see these guys think there's no way they can be beat. Well, they played that college team the next day after that. And they beat the same team that had beat them by eight points. They beat by 100 points. What in the world happened? They decided, we're going to play all out. We don't care who gets the points. We don't uh, care who gets the headlines. We're going to play like a team. And that's what they did. They played like a team. Who was ever the most open got the ball. And these, these were all guys that were used to having the ball in their hands, screaming for the ball. And yet they played like a team. It, was a, it truly was a dream team. They won uh, every game by average of 42 points. The other teams would come out and ask for autographs before the game. Now, you know, if the opposing team that you're playing is coming to you asking for all the graphs and pictures, you know, you, you're beating them. <laughs> They're beat. And that's what was going on. And so the, their closest game, I think, was the, the gold medal. And I think they won it by 35 points. So what's, what's my point? Well, I just want to tell that story. I like basketball. But actually, I'm, I'm thinking about the church dream team. When we work together as a team, we don't care who gets the credit. We don't care, we're, we're in this together. We're in this, it's like when you see a relay race and the, the last guy that crosses and you think, do they just celebrate him? No, the whole team celebrates because the whole team wins. And that's the way it is for us, And we're for each other. There's unity and strength and, and peace. But I, be, I believe the Lord ministered to me that there is a, uh, there's some disunity in God's dream team. And it may not be the way that you would think of normally, but I'm going to unfold this to you. Let me read to you Proverbs chapter, <coughs> excuse me, 13. Verse 22, it says, A good man leaves an inheritance, a moral stability and goodness to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner finds its way eventually into the hands of the righteous for whom it was laid up. So we're seeing that we, it really as Christians, we should leave an inheritance. We should uh, leave, and, and money is a wonderful thing to leave. But I'm telling you something that's more important than money, and that's a spiritual heritage. A place where uh, kids have seen parents that walk by faith, and they, they pray, they love each other, they're talking to God, and they're raising up their kids in the right way. And when I talk about anything that you take in, in parenting can be really applied to a spiritual father spiritual mother. It's very... Very much the same thing. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful for spiritual fathers and mothers. Anybody thankful for those that knew more than you, that helped you along the way? It's such a boost. It's such a strength to us. And we need those that will do that. So we will leave an inheritance. And I thought about since Jesus lives in us, our life should outlive us. Did Jesus' life outlive him? We're gathered in his name today, 2,000-something years later. Your life should outlive you. And that means you have to do some things on purpose. That means you have to make some decisions. And you have to renew your mind. It doesn't say um, that we're transformed by the removing of our mind. But the renewing of our mind. So many Christians want to remove their minds and throw out common sense and just good, solid thinking. God gave you your mind. Just get your mind in line with what God says. Renewing our mind. So how much of God will you transfer? If you were to die today, the information that you have, the experience that you have, the... uh, Thank you so much. The experience that you have, your, your knowledge of God, your revelation. If you were to die today, where would that go? Because if it goes to the grave with you, you failed. Because that's not the way of a believer. It's not the way of a Christian. We're to pass down an inheritance. God says, I chose Abraham because I know him. He will teach and train his children to follow me. So we got to take it seriously. Oh, pastor, my kids are left home. Well, you can still pray. You can still have a, a tremendous influence effect on their lives. Psalms 145, verse 4. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. God is a generational God. He wants us to generate something. Generational. He wants us to generate God followers. He wants us to reproduce disciples. See, we're to be discipling ourselves and discipling others. Some of us are doing nobody any good we're not even discipling ourselves but we're to go beyond that and help someone else and it makes such a difference Matthew 28 verse 18 Jesus came and spoke to them saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth go therefore go therefore and make disciples of all nations Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them. Say teaching them. How many like good teaching? We need good teaching. We need the Word. Teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Last year... Um, I have to really sit down and think exactly when this happened. I think it was June, July, but um, I, I told about it. But I'm just going to share again because it fits in with with prime time. That's actually where it came from. But I was I was up in my office study and I'm worshiping the Lord, and I have praise praise music on and I'm just. Really getting into it and how many know there are special times where just God's presence is so strong You just find yourself. You're just in worship, and you're just thanking and worshiping him and and I, I heard noises on the steps And I thought well Ellen's coming up the steps and which I thought well, that's a little odd Usually she just yells upstairs But she's coming up the steps, and uh, I'm hearing, and then I hear at the end of the steps, and there's my doorway, and, the, you know, the, the, the door's open, and, I'm, and then there's nothing. I open my eyes, I look, I see nobody, and then immediately the presence of God overwhelmed me. I knew that Jesus had just walked in the room. I didn't see him, but... I knew he was there, and you're just overwhelmed by his, his goodness and his love and his mercy, and you're just, you just you just crying and, and just you know, it's just uh, once I opened my eyes and now shut them again, I felt hands. It was like a heat and fire on me and I I found myself I said Lord give me a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire God and so next time I I come to it's 4 o'clock in the morning Uh, I look it's 4 o'clock I I need to get to bed and uh, so I I go to bed and I'm I'm ministering and uh, I'm up ministering you might recall this and I I was talking about we need all ages of people involved in, in the body of Christ. And I wanted those that were, I was going to say, 55 and above to stand up. That God is saying, wake up, be about his business. It's not a time to retire, not a time to slow down. You might change gears, but you're to be doing and producing for God. And out of my mouth, I said, age 50. It shocked me. It said, 50 and up, you know, stand up. And uh, anyway, prayed for people. And after that, uh, I think it was, uh, it may have been Art and Wanda sent me a testimony about age 50, that God was doing something of those that were age 50 and up. So the next morning, I'm, I'm worshiping the God reading the words. So I'm just doing my, my thing. And I I never uh, do this normally, is listen to the Jim Baker show. Nothing against him. I used to with PTL years ago for those that are of a different era. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, anyway, uh, I turn this, I turn it on and uh, our, I'm, on, uh, I'm on my iPad and I see it there and I started just uh go to something else and then. Uh, He said, my guest today is Lance Walnow. How many know Lance Walnow? He's the one that talks about the seven mountains, places that uh, we need to take Christianity into. And uh, anyway, he's talking and he starts, uh, he just changes, he's talking about what God's doing. Then he goes, let me tell you that God is taking and waking up those that are 50 and above. And he starts taking off in this about those that are 50 and above. They think they can just retire. They can just stop. Uh, and they, they find themselves, don't realize it, passive towards the things of God. Well, I've made it. I'm, I'm fine. I'm going to be all right. And it's selfish not to think about others. It's not God's way. In fact, the word says we're to be a green And bearing fruit even in old age. It says fat and green. And full of sap and fruit. In old age. I've seen some sappy old age people. (laughs) And you look kind of green to me at times. (laughs) But what is God saying? God is saying... Don't stop. Keep moving forward. So at the end of this, Jim Baker's wife, Lori Baker, goes, Lance, are you saying, is this like a a, a prime age or something, 50? And, and he goes, I'm saying it's prime time. Now that got my attention because after that, that Sunday service, I asked those 50 and above to stand up. I told Ellen that the anointing came on that so strong. I told her I got in the car. I said, I think the Lord's calling me in the senior ministry. And she said, she just kind of laughed and said, you like all ages. I don't say, you know, it's it's only a wife can speak the truth anyway. So so then the next day I hear Lance Walmart going, prime time. I didn't explain what prime time. So I, the, that afternoon, I was just praying. I said, Lord, what do you call this? What's this thing with 50 years old and up? And he said, prime time. I heard prime time. Then I hear Lance Wallnauss go, prime time. So you know how you can keep, you have your YouTube, you can keep on there. The next one comes on. The next one comes on, didn't even know It was, I just hear, I'm actually getting ready, I hear this guy stopping. He goes, what God is doing in the church now, he's taking 50-year-old people and rattling their cages and waking them up to minister to the young people. Said they are to lead the young ones. They're to feed, train use their wisdom and pour into them and let the zeal and energy of the young people and it will bring about a harvest. And he said, that's the harvest that God wants to do in the earth. And then he goes, he made this statement. He goes, and this is church of the harvest. And and you just... It's like, for a moment, you're in twilight games. God. Oh. And I literally just about fell out. <laughs> I just. So I'm saying, God, what, what are you saying? You know, Ellie and I have been in youth ministry for years. And we always said, because Miss Wilkinsworth, had and, um, and I thought about that. And the Lord goes, that wasn't exactly right. So, what do you mean? He said the youth are going to be involved, but it's going to be all ages. It's going to be all ages. And see, we have a generational gap that we love our, our young people, but we've got to go beyond that. We've got to pray for them. Most of the body of Christ, the, their kids go off to college and they start denying God, they need some prayer. They need some support. And God's saying, well, we're, we're the ones who do it. We got to be intentional. This thing's to be all of us together, moving and flowing together. It says in 1 John 3:1, see what an incredible quality of love the Father has given shown bestowed on us that we should be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of god so we are the reason that the world does not recognize and knowledge us is that it does not know recognize and knowledge him we're the carriers of the love of god we're the ones that are to go forth and minister and carry his strength So things started coming together for me because I'd gotten this revelation and I'd studied a lot on long life. And in in Psalms 91, in verse 14, it says, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, say long life, life. will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? That's God speaking that he wants to give you a satisfied, fulfilled life. A passion uh, translation says in verse 16, you will be satisfied with a full life of all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. I don't believe you can live in the fullness of what God has for you until you are reaching out to others. Well, that's complicated. I've got these, uh, you know, in my family. Well, you, that is a priority. Take care of your family. But there's some that kids have grown up some. And they, have, they can carve out time to allow someone else in their life. That they can teach they can disciple, they can answer questions. And it doesn't take a whole lot. You don't have to know a whole lot more than somebody, just a little more that you can help them. Amen. Ron Sedano was talking um, Friday night at the Olive Branch uh, got robbed game. Oh, no. Never mind if you weren't the game. And uh, and he was talking about he's coaching a team now. He's got people off the high school team. He's got some moo-moo. He's got these young guys pouring in to these younger guys. That's, that's what I'm talking about is really this, this awakening, you know, what the Lord had shown me, this revival is going to be full participation of the body of Christ And we need the older ones and we need the younger ones. We need everyone in between for what God wants to do. And we have to do it intentionally. You have to be intentional to connect with somebody who is younger than you. They don't think like you. They don't look like you. But you connect. And on the other side, younger people, you have to be willing to be connected with an older person. That means you might have to stop your old people jokes. It means older people, you might have to stop your millennial jokes. See, we got the the body and everybody's making fun kind of behind the scenes. We love each other, but we need to go beyond that and connect with a younger person and help them. And minister to them. What about a single mom? How about if a spiritual father came along and helped? Thank God for mama's faith and grandma's faith. (laughs) Elder Robert and I were talking this morning. You know, Lois and Eunice. Hallelujah. I mean, there's some power there. But what if you asked the Lord, said, Lord... I'd like, maybe you're a single mom and you have a son. I would like a spiritual dad to come alongside and help. And you start praying, and God sends you someone that can speak and be a help. Not take your place, be a help. Be a, a minister to come alongside you and to help disciple and mentor them. It's as easy to say yes to, but it, it costs something. It costs some time and some inconvenience, and you know, the, to do this. I mean, the spiritual—we can have absentee fathers and mothers. It's reaching out beyond just your own. If you got young kids, your hands are full. Stick with that, and <laughs> and you might be the one to help. <laughs> The 50 year olds to rise up. So, what the Lord, this is the, the crux of it. There's a link between the older and younger generation in the church that is a key ingredient of this last revival, this last day, last of the last day revival, awakening that God's going to do. So, we must come together. And then I saw the picture of how we're losing. They're saying in uh, 15 years we'll be like Europe 4% of the population will be believers, something like that. Ron Luce put out stuff on this. It's because they go to college, they get indoctrinated with lies and false doctrines, seducing spirits, demonic teaching. And there needs to be some spiritual fathers and mothers alongside to help them, to strengthen them. We need them. But we got the most fatherish generation, they say, that's ever existed right now. There's a shortage of fathers. And I say there's a shortage of moms, too. Somebody needs a spiritual dad. Someone needs a spiritual dad mom and it could be if you're an older person you start you pick out a young person you start praying for them you can pray for the whole group but who are you focused on who are you releasing your faith on and you start focusing and there's opportunity you you meet with them and and it, it takes both sides have to be in agreement for this thing to take place the enemy's plan is to stop growth in a believer by getting young men and women isolated from spiritual fathers and mothers. See, it's generational gap. We need generational unity in the church. So th- th- this gap causes uh, absentee spiritual father and mother not to be there in someone's life. It's interesting when you look at the fatherless. It says 70% of all prisoners come from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists come from fatherless homes. 61% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 63% of teenagers who commit suicide come from abusive or fatherless homes. 80% Eighty percent of converts in prison convert to convert to Islam. So we got to wake up. It also says if a father is a committed Christian, the children have a 75 percent chance of growing up to be committed Christians. So we wonder what the problem is I think The facts tell us. And like I said before, if you're a single mom, I wouldn't let any worldly measurement stop what the Word of God says. Amen? And if you have to change your name to Lois, Grandma, or Mama Eunice, (laughs) whatever it takes, your faith makes a difference. So we, we looked at Psalms 145. It says one generation will speak of the mighty acts of God to the next. That means to do that, we have to be speaking and connecting with the younger generation. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. Psalms 145, 21. Will of God for your life is for you to praise the works of God to another generation. And to do that, you've got to connect with them. Interact with them. And that's done on purpose. We are to declare God's praise of his works. Mighty acts. There's a young generation desperately in need of wisdom from the older generation. I mentioned before when I was ministering on this uh, along these lines that when I went to work for light gas and water that there was people older people who kept information from us younger people and I asked one day why won't they just tell me just tell me I will do it No, they sent me on a chase. You got to go look in this book, look in this book. I'm doing this research, trying to get to the answer. And finally, one of them told me, well, we don't talk about that because that's job security in our minds. We're afraid of losing their job. They weren't going to lose their job. If you lose your job from a public utility, you are doing nothing. It's hard to get fired. I mean you gotta really work and use your faith to get fired from there. I'm speaking the truth. So they were holding this information. And finally this guy says, Well, here's the answer. Go over here. I go and and there's they have a chart that has the answer. I'm just, hmm. So then they had an, an engineer come in and they, he wanted to train. The boss wanted him to train with me. And uh, this guy is, I mean, you're talking about foul mouth. I mean, he would make a, 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 a serviceman run and hide. I mean, it was bad. And, of course, what am I doing? I'm just in total faith humming, Oh, thank you, Jesus. No, I'm complaining. God, why'd you set me up with this guy? It's messing up my day and, and, and all this, And I heard him speak and go, "You've been praying to witness to minister? Why well, I didn't want it like this. I mean Could't have been a nice person and somebody I liked and <laughs> Yeah, there are some nice people like that and you like, but they're Christians. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, we go out. You know, it, it's over. It's lunchtime. And he says, take him out to to eat. Like, so, we're walking down um, the mall downtown going to, going to eat. I mean, every girl that comes by, he's making comments like that. I'm going, oh, you know, just you can imagine the comments. And I'm just going, Lord have mercy. We get there. To, to eat, and he, he's still cursing, and I said, we need to pray. He goes, oh, okay. And I, I prayed, then as soon as it's over, I say amen, and he goes just uh, starts cursing again. Oh, that was good. Yeah, I, 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 that was good. <laughs> My mind's just whirling, you know. But I, I decided I'm not going to hold stuff from him. I'm going to release to him. Well, it's going to make it easier on him. Yeah, it is. That's the way it should be. I should be passing down and making it easier on him. Make a long story short, he became one of my best friends. He got born again, was a a radical, on-fire believer. I mean, this as radical, on-fire for the world as he was, he became that for God. And I mean, just awesome uh, brother in the Lord. I, I, I love him. Uh, but what, what was it? It's, it was the release and said, I'm a blessing and minister to him. And got to do a whole lot of stuff with his family, a lot of different things. So question, who are you focusing on? Do you know a young couple or young person who could use some mentoring, discipleship. Everyone needs to be discipled. Everyone needs to be believed in. Everyone needs to be loved. We need to fill that gap. Success in the eyes of God is not measured by how many people serve you or by how many people you're serving. It's the opposite of the world. Jesus said the greatest in the kingdom is servant of all. If what you learn, accumulate, or accomplish dies with you, then you are a generational failure. And God's a generational God. Who are you connecting with that's younger than you? Who can you bless? Ellen and I just recently went to a conference, and every one of the speakers talked about what I'm talking about. Generational blessings, reaching out and touching young people and the older and the younger coming together. One of them even said, God is doing a supernatural work in seniors, raising them up, and they're going to have strength and they're going to run with the young ones. Thank you. So, action step. Do you want to change the world? Reach out and disciple someone. Reach out and help someone. Reach out and bless them. Anything you can do to help them in their Christian walk in life is discipling. When you disciple a young person, you can change a generation. You can cause a harvest. I'm going to end with this scripture. 2nd Kings chapter 4 verse 1. One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elijah and cried out, my husband who served you is dead and you know how he feared the Lord. But now as a a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. Now I mean I do not recommend leaving your family in that kind of Stressed out, you know, position. (laughs) What can I do to help, Elijah asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all, except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elijah said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house for your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars. Setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her, and then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. I love that. (laughs) You're talking about God knocking out debt, debt cancellation, and then giving you more than enough to go ahead and live on. Anybody like that kind of blessing? Okay. And there's a lot of things you can say about this. But my main point is, as long as you have vessels to pour into, the supernatural provision of God will flow. When you stop pouring into vessels, God's supernatural flow stops. I know Christians who are bored, reaching out. It's all about them and no one else. They're being selfish. It's all about them and their comfort and their place. But there's a young person that needs your wisdom, that needs your faith, that needs your prayers, that needs your hands laid on them, that needs the blessing of God. Do you know that there's a transfer of anointing through discipleship and mentoring? Wow. As long as we as a church keep pouring into empty vessels, the supernatural power of God will flow in this place. I'll end with some primetime thoughts here. See this in your notes. Enemy tries to stop the plan of God by getting young men and women void of spiritual fathers and mothers. I was trying to think of what the word I was trying to say, but maybe uh, they're, they're orphans. They're without a spiritual father and a spiritual mother. There's a young generation that desperately needs wisdom from the older generation. Success in the eyes of God is not measured by how many serve you, but by how many you serve. A church needs to have generational unity. A divided nation needs a united church. The power of God flows when you pour into others. It takes a mature Christian to desire others to be greater than you. And I thought about Jesus. He said, greater works you will do. He he was fine with us doing greater works than he did. When you pour into someone and say, well, I'm giving them tips and shortcuts and making it easier for them yes that's the way it's supposed to be bless them they should do more than you they should outfaith you they should move more mountains than you but you gotta be in the place of humility and, and saying God your will your plan be released in their lives for more It's critical that we have spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. If you have to push yourself on a young person, just push yourself. They slap you, just pray for them. But they're lovable. The ones in this house are awesome. They're awesome. And they're worthy of us time. Giving them time and loving on them. Well, Pastor, I just don't know any young people will pray. God will bring them into your life. There's people here. And maybe we just need to find out young people that would like a, uh, a spiritual mom or father to be there and to help. Maybe we just need to start a list. I thought, how do you put this thing out? I, I've had enough. I don't need another program. <laughs> This thing has to be by the Spirit. But if a young person desires somebody, and it can be in different shapes and forms. It might just be a call once a week and just and see how things develop and praying for them and lifting them up. Or maybe they're, they're in college and say, you know, what's your, what classes you have today? And you pray and you lift them up. It makes a difference. And it's addition to mom and dad. Or maybe there's not a mom and dad. Maybe it's a, a place where there's just one. Or maybe it's a grandparent raising the child. God wants to do great things in the earth. It's going to take all of us. The renewing of our youth was the revelation in Psalm ninety-one that the, the Lord showed me that there has to be for older people to pull this off. There has to be a renewing of our youth. We have to be willing. Now I hear about tent camping, and my first thought is, been there, done that. Give me a mattress. <laughs> Any older? Anybody in agreement? Oh, come on! I know y'all. Y'all are young. <laughs> you want a mattress? <laughs> There has to be this renewing uh, of our youth. And that's where I came up, you know, the 120. God gave 120 years. And he wasn't happy with them then. That's before the flood. I mean, that's at the time of the flood. And he cuts it down to 120. And when it talks about uh, 70 or 80 years That's under a curse. And most people die in in America at age 78. Under the curse part. Well, Pastor, I don't want to live to 120. That's because your picture's wrong. Your picture is you wearing diapers, somebody feeding you. I don't like that picture either. Take me home. Beam me up, Gabriel. (laughs) Nobody likes that picture. I'm talking about a true renewing of the youth. Hallelujah. I want you to just stand up. And we're, we'll get us something where people can sign up. If you're uh, older person you want to be, take part in helping to reach out to a younger person. Or you're a younger person and this sounds like something you would like. You can sign up and we can connect some people and get this started. It's more when you discipleship like Jesus, disciple, he led them into his world, into his life. They knew what was going on with Jesus. There's a a relationship. It's powerful. We're living in the greatest day. It's a wonderful time to be alive. Not that way looking at the world, but when you look at Scripture, Jesus is coming back it's going to happen but we're going to wake up and we're going to be the glorious church before he does hallelujah found spot or wrinkle well that's us now if you've been taught about righteousness you're a found spot without wrinkle he's cleansed you like no one else can if every eye is shut, head bowed, if you never receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life you need to make that decision now need to say yes to Jesus to a new way of life, living for Him. Maybe you prayed this before but you know you're not in a relationship with Him. His mission is not even on your agenda. The Great Commission is not great with you. But you're ready to make the Great Commission great again. If you're ready to reach out to a younger person. Or maybe to reach to an older person. And to connect the generations. That we can be the fully employed house of God. Family of the Lord. That's you today. no one looking around Just lift your hands and say, I need Jesus today. I need to come back home or I need you for the first time to come into my heart, my life, in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're all a part of the family. If, if today ministered to you, I would just want you to lift both hands. And you can see yourself being a part of being the spiritual dad or spiritual mom. Reaching out to a young person. Opening your heart and your life to them. And young people, you reach into a spiritual father and mother. You have parents, not someone taking their place. addition to. Father, I thank you for everyone that has their hands raised. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing, your grace, your peace, your strength. Thank you for the wisdom, Lord, of the older generation. Thank you for the zeal and strength and the passion of the younger generation. Lord, I thank you for bringing us together. I thank you, Lord, that the love of God fills the generational gap. And there's generational unity. And Lord, I thank you that there's things that maybe is better received, not from mom or dad, but from a spiritual father and mother. Sometimes they can speak things that can be received. Father, we give you honor and give you glory. It's prime time for the body of Christ. It's prime time for us to receive from you the promise of God. The promises are yes and amen in Christ. That, Lord, we could do exploits for you. That we could raise up a radical, on-fire generation fully devoted to you. And we could truly be that family on fire for you. We give you all the honor and all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277